0: Underdog Podcast from SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty.
1: All right, football fans, and welcome back to the Underdog Podcast where we talk G5 football and only G5 football for Underdog Dynasty. This is me, Joe Serpico, on one side of the mic, and on the other side, it's Joe Brobeck. What's up, bro?
0: Oh, nothing much. Just uh, doing a little bit better than you after your picks this week.
1: Yeah, it was a pretty... uh, Pretty disappointing to say the week I'm uh very sorry to those who follow the underdog against the spread picks I was a brutal oh and five this week it was I don't even know where to start I mean I could start with central Michigan really crapping the bed against Kansas to end that streak Hawaii letting me down SMU just give me one more touchdown I, mean, I don't I don't know let's just let's just move on let's just move on.
0: Good, hey, you know what's the, bad? You know what's bad when ECU does better than you do. Oh, that's a burn. That's a good burn. Hey, you you asked for
1: it. Yeah, I know. I deserve it too. I do deserve it. But the good thing about the whole gambling world is it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, we're going to make it up. I started off slow last year too and then I really turned it on towards the end of the year. So, there is hope, at least in my there eyes. There is hope. At least in my eyes. But We're not here to talk bets. Well, I am a little bit, but that's not the whole point of the show. We're here to talk the American Athletic Conference. And this week, we got a lot to talk about because we have not one, not two, but three upsets from the P6 over P5 programs, two of which I guess we could kind of see coming. One, which makes me look like a fool, but hey, that's nothing new. You mentioned them already, ECU with the stunning... Upset over North Carolina, 41-19. This is the same ECU team that lost to North Carolina a last week. I really don't know what to tell you. Uh, the only thing that I, and I don't even think you can use this guy as an excuse if you're North Carolina, is they were missing 10 players for selling their shoes. And we don't even need to start talking about the NCAA when it comes to that whole ordeal because, that's again, that's a whole Joke, but I think the more impressive thing for ECU is holding North Carolina scoreless in the second half,
0: which their defense is terrible exactly. last year. I mean, it's, I mean,
1: it's historically it's, bad, and then they held a an A or ACC team scoreless in a half. Like I never saw that. Come, well, I didn't see this, this happening at all. But scoreless half? No way.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, it was one of those games where. I was watching. I, was, I wasn't watching the game, but I was watching other games, and the score kept popping up, and it was close, which that didn't surprise me. And then next time I look, it's a blowout for ECU, and I feel like we're two for two in weeks where we have games where we have to do a little double take to make sure that we're seeing what we're seeing.
1: With them, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, coming off that loss against a and t and you expect you know the the top in the state i guess you would say should be north carolina it all look good so far unc's got a whole bunch of issues for a whole nother podcast to talk about but ecu at least scotty montgomery held on to his job for at least a couple more weeks i mean how long do you think that this helps him stay there for the long term or is this well, one I don't, of those know. I don't know about the where, long term is this one, Well, okay We have already kind of hinted at that Maybe he goes at some point in the middle of the year Does this does this one win hold him To the rest of the year?
0: It's a good question I don't well, I don't know, I wouldn't say It holds until the rest of the year But I think it gives him a little bit More time than we originally thought
1: I think we both have thought This game was going to be a blowout
0: Yeah I don't
1: do, the, I mean, that's just considering. I mean, the, the classes of. I mean, the the ACC. make sure I get these letters right, ACC is supposed to be way more superior than, than the AAC.
0: Well, and there's there were some who thought that North Carolina might be on the rise that's just because Larry, Larry Fedora was. It was kind of one of those things where Larry Fedora had to start winning sort of thing. He wasn't on the hot seat, but, you know, he he has to show something after last year, and this obviously doesn't help his case. And like you said, we're not going to dive into why those kids were suspended, but you have to wonder how much that affected the game.
1: I mean, I, I think it certainly does because if I'm not mistaken, it was a couple guys on the offensive line. So, but, but they,
0: they should still, their backups should still wipe the floor with ECU. I mean, that's what that's I was going to
1: say. I was going to say the same. And then something that I don't, I can't remember if we actually talked about it last week on the podcast, but I know we talked about it as like a, uh, on on our Slack group. But moving forward, UNC next week plays UCF and, you know, UCF's strength schedule is taking a big hit with some of the teams that are on their schedule taking these. Pretty embarrassing losses,
0: which UCF fans were quick to point out, and they're disappointed. I don't know; their chances were slim to begin with. I mean, beating North Carolina, even if North Carolina beat ECU, probably isn't good enough to get you. Yeah, but it looks a lot better. We both have to, well, we both I, have to yeah. That it. that's a that's a given, but I don't know. I mean, I, who, else I feel you, like just, who else do UCF play? Who's the other Power 5 game? I think that's
1: it, right? I, I know they got Florida Atlantic at some point.
0: Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Which? No, no, they, they have Pitt after FAU. So you go North Carolina, FAU, Pitt. Uh, Which, like, UNC and Pitt aren't, I don't know.
1: Yeah, they ain't world beaters. But it also doesn't help that, like, okay, we're going to talk about them a little bit. But Temple has been ser- sorry to start the year. They gotta, that's supposed to be the team that was going to
0: challenge UCF. Well, I think also it might because, like, at the end of the year, there. I mean, there's two sides of how you look at a resume. So, say UCF this week goes and beat North Carolina, which I fully expect them to do. Right now, North Carolina is not looking very good, and they would move to one and two, I believe, after that. So, a one and two team. But then at at the end of the season, people would look at that and say, "Oh, well, they beat a one and two team." But say for whatever reason. North Carolina wins their last nine games. They finished 10 and 2. So are you one that looks at, oh, well, they were bad when UCF played them, or do you look at, oh, they were actually a really good team and UCF beat them?
1: It's one of those things. We're just going to have to see how it all plays out, man.
0: I mean, North Carolina is not going to be. Well, obviously. But, Obviously, yeah, don't, I, even but even if, if they, they were yeah. going to be an average team anyways, it wasn't like North Carolina is going to go win the conference. Although that one year they played in the ACC championship game, I think nobody saw that coming either, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Pitt just got smoked by Penn State, too, so it's not like they're thriving either. Mm-hmm. No, nope, I agree with you. I agree
1: with you on that part, too. But I I'm talking about, I guess, you know there was a, the common opponent there between ECU and and UCF, and then literally last week we were talking about how while well, losing a NC A&T hurts ECU, and then now it's like well ECU really hurt them by by winning that game over UNC. So like you know really like because they have that common opponent. So I guess yeah, kind of that. I mean that was the only comparison I was really trying to make there.
0: Makes that road trip to ECU a lot harder. Oh yeah, that, that'll be daunting.
1: <laughs> Very daunting. Let's talk about a game. So we just talked about a game that was the surprising one, but yeah, we could see this game coming. That being the Houston win over Arizona, but I don't think anyone really expected. I mean, they just blew the doors off. It was thirty. It was thirty-one. Right? Am I doing this right? Was it thirty-one? Thirty-one nothing at the half. Yep. And then, because I'm just looking at the box score right now, did Houston score a touchdown first before Arizona did too?
0: Um,
1: um, because it doesn't say that. I mean, I'm not looking at that, but I just see that it was thirty-one to nothing at the half. Which, I mean, you, I said it in our group, Derek King, over. Yeah, but it was King. thirty-eight zip. So it did go to thirty-eight. That's what I thought. I thought yeah. they were up thirty-eight zip at one point. So yeah, but. Khalil Tate, he's supposed to be this Heisman guy. You, you said something to me last week where I said basically those words. Supposed to be, it doesn't look like a Heisman candidate to me whatsoever.
0: Okay, so I know I'm supposed King to looks like a Heisman I'm, candidate. I, I, know I'm supposed to defend Houston here, but the Eric King, or excuse me, Khalil Tate's issues have more to do with Kevin Sullivan. With what, yes, and what, I don't remember who their coordinator is, but what they're trying to make him into, which he wasn't a terrible passer, but he only threw for like fifteen, sixteen hundred 1,600 yards. So obviously they wanted him to develop more as a passer. But in the beginning, they only ran like two design quarterback runs in the game, at least that I can remember. And granted, tate hurt his ankle early in the game which that really limited his ability to run but they just kept putting him back in the pocket and expecting him to make plays with his arm and then while i understand you're trying to develop him you're not going to win games like that he's i mean he had 300 yards rushing against colorado last year like there's a reason why he's good and you're not utilizing his best skill so that was – I mean, I wanted Houston to win, but it was frustrating to watch someone so good be underutilized like that.
1: He has no business throwing 45 times in a game.
0: None. I mean, they do when they're down by that much, but you don't – like, he was well, already throwing be- – That's what I
1: mean. Yeah, even before then, he was throwing I – mean, I'm, I'm willing to say probably at the half, he probably already had half of those throws in.
0: Exactly. Yeah, It was one. Arizona's those- not going to be a good team, though. I mean, you watch – if you watch the game – They have – Their offensive
1: offensive line is a mess.
0: Terrible. Defense, awful. Yeah. I don't – there's not a single player that I could pick out other than the guys who got beat, which another thing is Houston's receivers look fast. Yeah, they did. They had a ton of drops, which was like my main gripe. Well, okay, I take that back. It was my second gripe about that game was they dropped – and it was the same thing in the Rice game. They had a bunch of drops, and that really affected the game because in the Arizona game, they had two or three plays that were they were deep passes, and if they catch them, they're scoring, but they drop them. So that was frustrating. The biggest gripe I have is Major Applewhite's putting in the backups in the second quarter. That was way too early. Way too early. I agree. And then Arizona there. starts coming back. Like I get it was against the backups, but you g I mean,
1: UCF's not. You hold off to the
0: fourth. You hold off till the fourth on that. Like it's Arizona and it's Khalil Tate, and you just you. I mean, you saw what happened. Now was when did? Because I know
1: we all like were kind of grasping for air real quick when Oliver went down for a minute. What
0: what period was that in? Uh, that was. That was the third quarter. Third quarter. So, uh. Because I remember thinking. Cause that was like right borderline. That,
1: that was like borderline. Take them out, leave them in kind of territory. You know what I mean? Well.
0: It, here's the thing. If Ed Oliver should be able to be taken out of that game and the rest of the defense should be fine. There should be no issues there. But you can't just take everybody out. And maybe, I mean, maybe that's not a slope you want to go down, but. Ed Oliver's easily the best player on that team. In the conference. And in the country. country. So does he deserve special treatment? No. Does he want special treatment? No. If If that kid could play the entire game, every single snap, he would. And that's one reason why he's different. But you don't need him in when you're up 38 zip. But uh, that's he was forced to go back in because of what was going on.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, b- before we dive into the other P six win, uh, just a quick one more question about Arizona. Do you think Tate regrets the decision to basically make it public that he didn't want Ken Niumatalo to be the coach there?
0: No. Okay, that's. I mean, that's an overreaction by everybody. I mean, sh- obviously it was fu- it was funny because. Was it was it Michael that said that? Michael Settle that said I'm sure he he would want to run the triple option now?
1: Well well yeah, well yeah, he said it in our group, but I saw it floating around a lot of places too. Because it does bring some value which, point because I mean Sunlin's not using him as a runner at all, and that is that is what makes him special. Yeah. And I know Tate wants you know, he wants to showcase his arm a little bit, which he wouldn't have in in that triple option, but I think now they're kind of overdoing it the other way. Like they're throwing it was, 45 yeah, times it was, is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like that's, he's not a quarterback that should be thrown at that many times. Agreed. Regardless of the score. Like, agreed. that's a guy yeah. that should be at 25 at max and you should be seeing more, like more play action stuff. Even, I I feel like, cause I watched the game a little bit. I'm not gonna act like I watched all of it because I was still kind of at work at the time. But like, I felt like I didn't even see much of the zone read, which like made him so hard to stop.
0: No, they didn't run it at the beginning, which was, that's the part that I was, at first I'm like, okay, they're just trying to like, they're trying to keep Houston on their toes, keep them guessing. And then they kept passing and it was, and part of it I think was Houston was trying to give, even if they did run, zone read, they were given give looks so that Tate couldn't hang on to the ball, which is exactly what BYU did was they forced him to hand the ball off so that he couldn't hang on to it. However, by the time that maybe Arizona wanted to start running more read options or design quarterback runs, he had already hurt his ankle, and so I think that was a concern, and that kind of just took it out, and that's kind of the risky run is when you – don't use something that's so valuable to your team, and then he gets hurt. You can't use it anyways. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah, the ankle injury. Obviously, yeah, it that, huge, that's what I'm saying. Know, it plays a huge part in all of that. But still, you still even with an ankle injury, you expect at least show the threat of run. Like we didn't see that a whole lot. I I think that was the biggest mistake. If you're gonna throw 45 times with that guy, the there was not even play. We weren't even seeing play action off of that. it was. I don't know. The, the offense as a whole just seemed pretty blocked. Like, just to not come up with a
0: better word. Like, and you can't you can't you, set like, up play action if you don't run the ball. No, well that too. You can't run play action.
1: Yeah, that too. It's also very true. I mean, it was just. I mean, great for for the conference, obviously. But if you're if you're Tate, who's somebody that we thought would be. Again, somebody would be in the run for the Heisman. He, uh, let's just throw that name out of that, basically. Let's just do that. Cause there's no, no shot at this point, I would think. No, definitely not. I mean, it's a shame because it's not his, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's, it's whoever's calling It's the play. not. Yeah. It
0: has nothing to do with him. I'm, here's the thing. Coming you know, it kind into of CC- reminds me of?
1: It. He kind of reminds me now of Quentin Flowers last year. You know, almost took his running ability away from him trying to throw too much. Granted, which is and, more extreme, this is obviously more
0: extreme than it did with Flowers. Yeah, right, exactly. But I think with the, that, that falls on the coaching staff because you have to know that you have this type of player and you have to know that teams are going to try to take the ball out of his hands as much as possible. And with a guy like Flowers and Tate, how do you do that is forcing them to pass the ball or forcing a running back to beat you. So the coaching staff has to know that, and they have to adjust accordingly.
1: And they haven't. And maybe they just don't have the talent to do so. I mean, let's just be honest. That could be the case. They, yeah, they, they don't, don't,
0: I would they, say. I yeah.
1: feel like we talked a little bit about Arizona too much there. Let's talk about another another upset. Well, we're not considering an upset, are we? South Florida, 49-38 win over Georgia Tech. Blake Barnett, pretty damn good, huh? It took them three schools, but looking pretty good for, for the Bulls so far. What do you think?
0: I think that the first half was dominated by special teams, which is pretty freaking fun to watch. That was, yeah. That was, that was entertaining.
1: That was a lot of fun. You don't see but,
0: that every Saturday or Sunday, for that matter. Well, and it was, yeah, it was. I expected that from USF, but I don't know why I just have this perception of Georgia Tech like, They just run triple option, and that's pretty much anything like all anybody knows about them. And then it was like kick return touchdown, kick return touchdown, kick return touchdown. It's like whoa, whoa, hold on, what's going on here?
1: (laughs) Yeah, they definitely went back and forth.
0: It was fun. This is a fun game.
1: Barnett with the with the go ahead score at the end there really made a difference. Uh, And oh my god, why am I blanking on the name of the kid that came up with the pick? The much-needed pick at the end there for South Florida. Oh, my God. Nico. I don't pay attention. Nico. Nico was his first name, right? No. Am I not right on that?
0: No, I got to look it up. I got to make it look up. good. Oh, my God. Who
1: came up with that pick? It was Nico. Yeah. Nico Swatelli. I hope I'm saying his name right. But Nico came up with that pick right at the very end there. Basically basically sealed the deal. That that led to uh, Barnett's final touchdown there to give him the win. It was I think, for me personally, you know it was good to see South Florida, yeah, they were at home, but they were down entering the fourth quarter and made the rally back when a lot of people would expect that group of five team to basically maybe lay down to uh what most would think would be a better opponent, and on top of that, I think you know we kind of talked a little bit before the year that maybe. USF is better than we thought. Are you ready to say that yet or are you still hating on them?
0: Uh, I don't hate on them. I just say what I think. So if you want to call that hating on them, then sure. But I'm, I'm not ready to say that yet. This, this is a good win. I'm not going to take that away from them. I thought, here's the thing. We talked about this in the preview though. Georgia Tech is that team this year that We said we saw people ranking them in the top 25. And then we also had other people who said Paul Johnson is going to get fired. So I have no idea what kind. It's the same thing with North Carolina, you know, what kind of team are they going to be?
1: I think we think that Georgia Tech was better than North Carolina though, right?
0: Right. Yeah. And. Granted, they didn't get blown out by South Florida or USF. Excuse me, I don't want to get blown up for that, but yeah, yeah, that's a whole yeah, a whole yeah, time. I, yeah. It was, I mean, it was a good win. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, oh well, Georgia Tech didn't do this. Georgia Tech didn't. Georgia Tech, Taquan Marshall wasn't in for a period of time. I'm not gonna say that because it's, it's just like you're just kind of picking for stuff and trying to. Throws it's like it's like the if I was Skip Bayless I'd have like a million things to say about USF not having a good win against Georgia Tech
1: and And I just I can't do it and to make matters worse that's their going to be their best win this year because their schedule is pretty much I mean it's all conference teams with their next biggest game would obviously be that UCF game the end of the year other I mean next week they get Illinois.
0: They play Houston.
1: Well, I said in conference.
0: They say UCF and Houston in conference. Yeah. I I meant out
1: of Okay, I should have said out of conference, I guess. Oh, okay, gotcha. I should have said out of conference. Next week at Illinois, it was just like, you know what I mean?
0: They played Illinois last
1: year, right, and just smoked them, if I remember correctly. Or was it Indiana? Right. Yeah, I can't remember. No, they played Illinois. It was Illinois.
0: We could have guessed that, though, before the season even started, though. Elon, Georgia Tech, Illinois, and UMass. I mean, come on. We, you knew it wasn't going to be a a good out of conference schedule from the beginning.
1: True, but this is one game we didn't. Yeah, we. This was the game we thought that maybe they could lose. Can you see them going ten wins now? Uh, considering that at this point, Houston and UCF are their, their top two.
0: Honestly, I was 50-50 on this game. Georgia Tech could have won, and USF could have won, and I wouldn't have been surprised. But let's see. They play Illinois. I expect them to win that. They play ECU. I expect them to win that, despite what ECU did last week. UMass is explosive on offense. Yes, they are. But I think UMass is the to do like this year. And I think so U- I think
1: I think USF has more pieces, obviously.
0: Right, but that's a game that that could slip away from them, but I, I'm not going to say that. Tulsa is, they almost beat Texas, which granted Texas is just looks terrible They're right now, bad. but beating Texas is a big, big stinking deal. So that, and Tulsa also wiped the floor with Houston last year.
1: So, so that's one game that really blew our minds last year.
0: Yeah, and then of all of them. UConn is just atrocious on defense, and then they play Houston, Tulane, Cincinnati. Temple looks awful. We'll talk about them, and then you. No, I don't see ten wins. You don't. All right. Yeah. That last stretch of Houston, Tulane, Cincinnati, and UCF is brutal.
1: Yeah, I guess we're gonna talk because we're gonna keep diving through this the slate here. But Cincinnati is a team I want to talk about a little bit once we get. Once we get there, first I guess we've dived through the three upsets of the week. I guess we'll talk about a game that really was not well. We could we just kind of saw it coming. So that was that Friday night game, TCU with a 42 to 12 beatdown over SMU. SMU, I just needed one more touchdown from you guys, but that's besides the fact. Or even TCU, anyways. Um, again, another terrible performance from Ben Hicks. We thought this air raid offense was going to make them look way more explosive, and I'm I'm even want to date this back to the bowl game last year, but under Sonny Dykes, Ben Hicks looks a lot worse. It was 14 to 12 at halftime, which was that that surprised me. Well, yes, okay, so yes, I agree with that. But then the second half, with just TCU just blew the
0: doors off. That's the, that's what I anticipated for the whole game, but obviously that didn't happen.
1: Can we also I talk just about can't. how fast Turpin is? My God,
0: I have been watching him Woo. for a while now. He, I mean, he's short, but he gets going. That, and he's,
1: that touchdown, I was just like, oh my God! I don't think I've ever seen somebody split defenders that quickly.
0: And it's funny because I think so. There are like a handful of guys throughout the league or country, whatever, that are very underrated and not a lot of people know about them. So, like, even Ed Oliver, the last two years, like, national media didn't give him a ton of attention. Last year, obviously, he kind of got more, but...
1: Until he declared he wasn't a big name. Yeah, him,
0: Anthony Miller, Mackenzie Milton, you know, guys in, like, you can even throw, like, Brett Ripon. From Boise State, the like, guys in the group of five don't get much attention unless they're really, really good. And now everybody is like an expert on Ed Oliver and what he, his life is all about, which is just funny. But like, Kamonte Turpin is also one of those guys that granted he had like an off year last year, but now people are like, Oh yeah, I've always watched, I've always watched him play. And now everybody's just going crazy over him because he's having. He's making plays that he's been making for the last two years. He's
1: lightning fast, man.
0: He's so good. I
1: mean, I almost forgot, you know, because last year he was so quiet. I almost forgot how fast he was. Oh, my God. I just can remember when he took that one to the house. I was just like, wow. You could have put, remember the old um, hockey that had the thing, the trail behind, you know, the puck? I wish they would have put that on that kid because, he, I mean, he smoked everybody. <laughs> Legitimately just smoked everybody, left everybody in the dust. That kid is lightning Fast, stuff like that definitely translates to the next level too. That kind of speed. Oh point. yeah, that kind of speed. Yep. Um, just because I'm going down the list in order here, UCF with a 38 nothing win over South Carolina State. No shock there.
0: No. Shock. The the shocking part was, did you see Milton's
1: stats? He yeah, got 243 and one TD. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you know, you just kind of brought up a
0: good point. Actually, I did want to mention. No, that. but did you see? Do you, he had three picks in the first half. Nope. They put in another quarterback. Get out! Really? I didn't see that. Yeah. Well, I, he I, struggled obviously,
1: obviously because it was South Carolina State. I didn't really didn't pay attention to that game. So this I, isn't I didn't either until I looked at the stats. Well, I know why you paid attention because he's your fan. Well, I have
0: I have him, and I do another. I have another fantasy league that I do, and I picked him this week because he was playing South Carolina State, and
1: that didn't go to court. play,
0: Huh. Oh god, it was gross. Can
1: I also mention, since we're talking about it, there's only. Three two and teams in our G five fantasy league, and I'm one of them.
0: Did I win? Nope. No, I didn't. We lost. But That's fine. I'm 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 over it.
1: Over it. We just got a long ways to go, bud. Long ways to go.
0: I'm over
1: it. I'll talk trash though. Yeah, well, of course. That's the point. All right, let's let's talk about the other, I guess, exciting game in the conference. Uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. Memphis. Went on the road, 22-21 loss at Navy. Um, Brady White, yeah. for the most part, largely very ineffective. The weather obviously played a big part in it. Now, Daryl Henderson was really the highlight for Memphis. Otherwise, they did nothing. And then Malcolm Perry, I mean, what you expect in that kind of weather, the triple option works Perfect. It literally is the perfect offense to run when you have that weather that we saw in Annapolis the other day.
0: Yeah, Mother Nature can get the win here because that's pretty much what it was. Now, here's the thing. If you make a team one-dimensional, then they're going to struggle. There's only maybe two or three teams that aren't going to struggle if you make them one-dimensional. Yeah, all the option teams. Yeah, because they're already one-dimensional anyways. Exactly. So, it, so it did, that doesn't that's why I The me. weather
1: The weather really played in the Navy's hands. I mean, really did.
0: Exactly, and if, if, if it was normal conditions, Memphis win this game by 30.
1: 30's a bold, bold number.
0: Memphis wins that game by 30. Navy gave up 59 points to Hawaii, and Memphis is Way more talented than Hawaii is.
1: I have beef with Hawaii after this past week.
0: <laughs> I mean, whatever. Navy won, good for them. I'm not trying to like. I'm not trying to say, oh, they don't deserve to win. But can we get every? It really everything to sh- do with the weather. It really shakes up the West, though. Can we not argue that? I don't know. if it, I mean, right
1: now it does, but I mean, moving forward. I mean, you have to argue now that the biggest game, probably the. The rest of the way will be, and I don't have the schedules up in front of me, but I'm I'm assuming that both of these teams play Houston. So right now, Houston, you know, Houston comes away with a win over Memphis and Navy. They're in the driver's seat.
0: Yeah, that's not happening. You don't think Memphis does? Memphis does get to play Tulane, and like you said, Houston. So they're. They still control – well, they don't control their own destiny because they lost Navy, but they had, they still have chances to win. And, those, I mean, Navy, Houston, Memphis, and Tulane, those are the four teams that are are in contention for that division.
1: I mean, I think we already talked about this before the season. Sorry, that's definitely the tougher division this year. Right, but I, yeah. But I feel like – I honestly thought it was gonna come down between the game between Memphis and
0: Houston. It will. It, you, you're still feeling that way? Yeah. I, again, the the weather is the thing that affected this game more than anything. Who's
1: to say there's not weather when that game happens?
0: Well, you're okay. You then that then that's when that happens. But Mother Nature those, is the perfect
1: equalizer. Look at the Browns. They finally they finally didn't lose a game.
0: <laughs> is it fitting that they tied?
1: Right. It so, literally is fitting that they tied. Can't get a win, but they didn't lose. Perfect.
0: I mean, you put, if you put Memphis and Navy into this situation, this specific situation where, okay, you take these two teams and they become one dimensional offense. Who's going to win? You're going to pick Navy 10 times out of 10. Of course you are. Because the reason why Memphis is so explosive is because they have athletes and they are two, they have so many other things that they can do besides run the ball, which I'm not saying that Navy's offense is simple because the triple option isn't, but there's a reason why Navy only won by one playing in with the strength to them. You know, they only won by one. If the strength is to Memphis where conditions are good, it's a completely different game.
1: I'm not going to argue that. I mean, there really is no argument to that. Because we know Memphis is more of an aerial team. And then when that weather comes in, that obviously plays more to the ground game. I mean, we saw, like I said earlier, in the NFL we saw that too. Exactly. Uh, Next on the docket of recaps, I guess we'd we'd just bring it up because you just mentioned them. Tulane, 42-17, easy win over Nichols. Um, there's really not much to say about that. We kind of expected that.
0: Yeah, you can say that, and then Boise State, UConn, what more do you need to talk about? Boise looks good. Tulane looked better than Nichols. (laughs) There's not much you have to talk about.
1: Uh, Well, the other thing I wanted to say is, so, like, we kind of talked about Pindell last week. Did you expect a little bit more from him in this game or not?
0: No, I said in the preview that Boise State plays more defense than UCF does, so I expected him to struggle more which obviously he did. He only had 40 yards rushing, 70 yards passing. But Boise State is way better at defense than UCF is or maybe ever will be.
1: So, okay, so you just said that. They are one – so Boise is one spot ahead of UCF in the coaches poll. They were a huge, huge, huge uh, favorite in our G5 rankings. Only one one voter – didn't pick Boise to be number one for the G5 teams. Are they that much ahead of UCF?
0: Yeah, they. I agree. Their offense I may agree. not be.
1: I agree. I, I think all yeah, around they are.
0: Oh yeah, all around. UCF doesn't play a lick of defense. Exactly.
1: I think the defense makes all the difference in the world.
0: Right. And okay, so granted. Uh, yeah. You, just compare the similar matchup. They both play UConn. UCF won what fifty six to seventeen, and Boise State won sixty two to seven. Uh, right now, that says everything I need to know.
1: Yeah, but UCF did travel, if that means anything.
0: And yeah, that doesn't matter. Uh. It's UConn.
1: Yeah, can't argue that.
0: Which three years ago, when UConn beat Houston, that's a different UConn team. But right now, it, it's UConn tells you everything you know about that team.
1: This UConn team will be better than years past, though.
0: Correct. Last, now they have least, a since chance last, to win a at game. least
1: since last year, where we started this podcast, let's just put it that way. It, that's true. All right, let's talk about a little bit about Cincinnati. Twenty-one to nothing win over Miami, and I think this once again proves something we talked about in the last episode is one. In college football, it is so rare to see a zero. So rare, but I can—I don't care who you're playing against. Even the the worst of worst come up with zero, or come up with some point. This is a defense might actually be a lot better than even we have been talking about. Told you, like they are legit. I mean, legit. I don't even—I can't come up with a better word. I mean, they are for real.
0: And the thing was with this game is, so they beat UCLA, which is a huge win. Motions are super high. So. And we
1: thought they're, this, you, you said it last week. You thought maybe there'd be a letdown. Uh, that, in a game, yes, yeah. A game where, you know, Miami's not a bad, you know, I don't want to, so Cincinnati is the better team, but I don't want to make it sound like that Miami-Ohio is a terrible team. You know what I mean? They are a solid MAC team.
0: No, compared and to Cincinnati only beat them by four be, last year.
1: Yeah, but well, true also. But they, they, I mean, they did a the damn job. And I Their think, offense was
0: average, though. That's the problem.
1: Yes, but I think, and maybe this is a sign of moving forward, but they finally gave up on Hayden Moore.
0: I think he's done. Yeah,
1: so they, they went to a, to a more rushing offense with Desmond Ritter. I mean, he only threw 11 passes, and he rushed 18 times. So I think, obviously, we're going to see more of that style of offense moving forward. I think there's going to be some more of a ground game.
0: Which we'll and see, if their be we'll playing this way it's great.
1: Exactly. So we'll see how that, you know, how that goes moving forward because that is almost the opposite of what we're seeing on a lot of these teams in the conference. They're more I don't want to say that because some a lot of the other teams they do rely more on the rushing game, but they are the one of the very few in this conference that rely on defense.
0: Which I think last year the offenses were just so good that there's no way any of the defenses were going to be successful. So I think now we're finally seeing, oh, here's what happens when you play. I mean, granted, no one's really played. There's been a couple of conference games, but no one's played any, anybody in the conference. But I don't think the offense offenses as a whole in the conference are as good as they were last year.
1: I agree. I think we had – do I actually want to say that? Because I feel like we only really lost two big-name quarterbacks. I was about to say we have better quarterback play this year, but we only lost, we only lost two. Ferguson and Flowers, right? The two yeah. are your names. Okay. So and now, some
0: might, some might argue that Barnett is going to be better than Flowers.
1: Whoever wants to argue that hasn't watched enough college football.
0: Well, you know, winning will really uh, change your opinion quickly. Recency bias.
1: I was gonna say maybe more re- you know, more recently. That's why, because Flowers, you got to argue, was the best player the conference has seen. Oh, then maybe Greg Ward. And we've no Ed friends. Oliver. Okay, touche. Ed Oliver will, when it's all said and done, will yes, offensively. I just put it that way. There you go. Offensively. Uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Tulsa, almost. Almost? Got one over Texas?
0: Texas Not really. I
1: mean, yeah, I know. But Texas
0: is just so bad. They're so bad. Houston fans are so happy that Texas is awful. Oh, well, obviously. They should be also.
1: Do you think... Well, Texas, that's the thing. Texas is always... But do you think this helps them at all? Say Texas is terrible once again this year. Can Houston really, really just start racking up more at Oliver's?
0: No, because you still have to. You're still fighting Texas A&M, TCU. Yeah, I mean you're still fighting. I mean, there's yeah, I, there's a lot of schools. You're fighting right. you're fighting the Stanford's, the Alabama's, the the did, big, the Clemson. Did you say you know? Stanford? No, Stanford. S uh, T. S-T, I thought you said Stanford. Sanford.
1: you know that team that almost beat Florida State the other night.
0: Yeah, they got to schedule better teams if they want to make the playoffs. Samford, you mean? Correct. Yes. But it's so Houston's, they're not, I mean, maybe, but right now they're, they're already battling with teams within their state and then t- other teams like Alabama and those top tiered teams already. So it's not like things are just going to change just because Texas has been down. But uh, there's, this was actually pretty funny. There are some people that are saying that they think that Major Applewhite made Tom Herman more than Tom Herman made Houston good. What? Saw that yesterday.
1: You know they drink a lot in the South, right?
0: Well, the, I just I'm just telling you what I read. They do drink a lot down there. That's that's my Wait. only
1: answer to that. Are you serious with that? Mm.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I agree with that. But it, I, tech, or Houston fans are also stup- still very, very bitter about Herman leaving in that whole situation. Well, obviously. So obviously. there's always going to be that, there's that there's aspect of that argument.
1: And I guess with that said, I don't know how you, if you've noticed, but I purposely left one game last year. And that's those Temple Owls
0: Oh man
1: I don't understand Granted so here's my thing Buffalo is a team that I've really liked Coming in this year Really really did like coming this year And I could have seen this I could have seen this loss coming But it's just the way that The Owls have looked at a hole Has been terrible And that's me being polite
0: and they used three quarterbacks. They used three quarterbacks. Game.
1: They used three quarterbacks, which was actually so something that like we kind of knew was going to happen coming into the end of the week. We knew that was a possibility.
0: Isn't that a concern though? If you're heading into week two and you already have to use three quarterbacks after the ending that they had last year? Yes, obviously. But I,
1: so, I don't even know where to go with this, cause I was actually asked this by, uh, Maryland fans today. And it's one of those things that we're like, well, what are they doing playing three quarterbacks? And I'm like, I don't know. Because if you were to tell me, okay, so in week one, we saw, we saw Santia, we saw him for a couple of plays, but they were just designed runs. And the guy is definitely a gifted runner as a quarterback. He's not ready. He's obviously not ready to do stuff as a thrower. But to see Anthony Russo this week was like, oh, okay. So like that kind of threw, I guess, me off a little bit. than Sisk was like, does that mean they're? Because let's be honest, Utah has done nothing to really impress you in these first couple weeks. Literally nothing. No. Uh, he's again. He, he single-handedly lost this game for them they could have it could have came back and won this game and it was another new tile turnover that cost them again and now it's you, you can't do against Buffalo would you well yeah which you can't do but well Buffalo, first off, let's talk about Tyree Jackson because that's Tyree Jackson's damn good like he's a guy who you I don't want to say well let's just put it this way he will be in the discussion of NFL people talking about him. He's not going to be anywhere in the top three rounds, but he might be a late-round pick to an undrafted guy in the next year or two. I, I can't remember what year he is in right now. But I
0: believe I, he's a junior. That's what
1: I thought, too. I thought he was a junior, and he's definitely gonna he's not one of those types to go out. But he's definitely going to – you're going to see him maybe in preseason in two years. So let's put it that way. Because there was – and I know this for a fact – there was at least – anywhere between 8 to 12 NFL scouts there, and they weren't there to see anybody on Temple. <laughs> they were there to see Jackson, and another guy, I mean, he had, a I guess, a quieter game, but Anthony Johnson for Buffalo, that's that's a good wide receiver.
0: Well, he had some personal right. tragedy, I think, happen. Someone passed away that he was super close with, I think. Which I, whatever if you're playing, you're playing. But I think that might have maybe affected him a little bit.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, was, if anybody's had a death in the family or anything like that, they can they can vouch for, for you know how rough that stuff can get sometimes. But he had the game-winning score, Anthony Johnson being. All right. he's he's pretty damn good. I mean, he's an all he's in a running for being an All-American. Oh yeah, at Buffalo. You know what I mean, but we're not gonna. Let's be real. Buffalo is not a, not one of your biggest programs ever. But he's nope. he's pretty good. Definitely named to because I'm I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you don't watch a whole lot of the MAC, but that's somebody you might hear going forward.
0: And I I I said that it's coming into this year is that Tyree Jackson Anthony Johnson combination is is going to be one to watch, and in Buffalo as a team is going to be. Someone to watch Yeah,
1: I put Buffalo in my uh, The, the over underspreads. spreads I think Buffalo is the team And this helped their cause Because I, honestly This was a game I thought Temple would win Coming in the year So they only helped their cause With that Helped my cause too I guess that's a perfect Little segue for uh, Actually This is where I ask you Because I guess it comes Tomorrow morning Last week we did it on Tuesday This week what we're doing On a Monday there's power rankings. Do you want to give us a little leak, or do you want to hold off a little bit?
0: Well, is this getting posted?
1: Well, I guess this will technically get posted once, uh, once. This will already
0: be, power rankings already be out. True.
1: So I guess, guess, let her rip. Cause you have them, cause I, I haven't seen them, so let her rip a little bit.
0: Alright, let me, uh, let me pull them up quick.
1: You should know those. You s- yeah, you should know the uh, uh, back of your hand. Can I ask, what Temple is? Are they number twelve?
0: Because that's where they belong to be. Well, we'll get. Well, do you want to go twelve to one or one to twelve?
1: Well, I'm the Temple alum here, so yeah. Just, just do it to me now. Just put them at twelve.
0: All right. Are they at 12? twelve? Twelve is Temple.
1: Hmm. You put Yukon over us?
0: Well, wow. okay. Then you're gonna love this one. Then too. Eleven. SMU.
1: What? What?
0: Yeah. Uh, they do When mean, you have high expectations for a team is, and they wait, do not even come close to. me.
1: Is this the stick it to Joe Serpico power rankings?
0: Yeah, you got it pretty much. ECU is actually number one. Just that would be the ultimate stick it to me, but I know that's not the case. <laughs> I, <laughs> I said that. it in our Slack channel. I said I'm putting ECU at one. You Someone stopped that. me, and I, no one, no one said anything. I, 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 so we knew you were joking. Ten is UConn. Nine is ECU. Eight is Tulsa. Seven is Tulane. Six, this might get a reaction out of you, is Navy.
1: Whoa. Who we putting ahead of them? Who's number five? Memphis. Sake? Yeah.
0: And I know people are going to be like, oh, well, Navy beat just Memphis? Beat them. Don't care. Watch the game. They're not the better team. I'll argue that till the end of the year, even if Memphis goes and loses the next 10 games.
1: I'm not going to argue with that either, though. I agree with you. There are going to be people that argue with us, but I agree with that assessment.
0: Four is no surprise, Cincinnati. It's a surprise because of what we expected from them coming into the year, but it's not a surprise about they played. And then yeah, but I I'm think, sure well,
1: not to cut you off, but I feel like we almost expected Cincinnati to be in that four to six range this year.
0: Yeah, four even like four to eight, you know, like they could be just an average team. To be,
1: but I feel like we expected them – who's your eight team again.
0: Uh, Tulsa. So yeah, maybe I I feel like
1: we had them higher than Tulsa
0: all year. Memphis, Navy, and Tulane are five, six, seven. So yeah, four to four to seven.
1: Okay, fair enough. Then our one, two, three, I think we can agree, is the way it should be the rest of the year.
0: Yeah. Well, USF fans won't like that. I have them third behind Houston. (sighs) That's
1: no, actually, I agree with it. Okay. Good. Someone's got to agree with me. That's what I I put Houston. So in our G five rankings, I I had it Boise, UCF, Houston. Then I think I put USF, then Hawaii, if I remember right. Then Cincy, and and I'm not gonna lie, I'm part of me thinks that maybe I should have put Cincy instead of Hawaii, but Hawaii. It's just so much fun to oh, watch. It's so much fun uh, to watch uh, at midnight. Like they're the, uh-huh. it's the only game to watch, obviously, but it's they're just so much fun to watch right now, too.
0: I mean, well, you, granted, it was triple option, but USF gave, gave up 38 points to Georgia Tech. Also true. And Houston starters didn't give up a single point to Arizona. They smoked them. And their starters on offense destroyed them
1: yeah I mean I, that was the main reason for me because you Arizona mice is well, Arizona has better talent than Georgia Tech at least one better player let's just put they got Tate that makes all the difference
0: I would agree hence why yeah hence why I have the power ring is all they are but USF fans don't agree with anything I have to say you're just out to get them that's what it is i'm not i just call it how i see it coming this my biggest gripe is they have they lose Quentin flowers they lose an average rushing attack with their running backs and their defense was also very average at best and they lost they lost their best tackler they lost one of their best defensive backs and a couple guys on the d line And they expect, oh, we're going to win the conference based on potential. Because they have Jordan Concrete, who's supposed to be, like, the next greatest thing. How many yards does he even have this year?
1: I don't even think he's done that well, if I remember correctly.
0: Okay, I'll give him that Blake Barnett has been good. But, like, they didn't know that. You have a kid who went to Alabama, couldn't win the job. Went to Arizona State, couldn't win the job. Yeah, he could win the job at USF, but that didn't guarantee that he was going to be good. Jordan Concrete has 39 yards. At the beginning of the year, I got so much crap because he was supposed to be, he's this guy from Florida. Yeah, one, I know that. Two, that doesn't guarantee that he's going to be good just because he's coming from Florida. Guy has 39 yards rushing. Okay, so back off. I have justified opinions. He's going to be the best running back in the conference. God, no, he's not even the best running back on his team. Their best running back has 69 yards rushing. Their best rusher is their quarterback and Blake Barnett, who's hardly a Quentin Flowers.
1: I don't even know what to say that because there is not
0: much. I mean, if they want to, if they want to win passing the ball, go ahead. They got the talent to do that there, but don't just assume that your team's going to be the best in the conference based off potential. I mean, Houston, the team that I cover, I was even I wasn't going to say that they were going to be really, really good because they had, they had a new running back they had to put in because Catalan's gone. Wide receiver was a complete question mark. And then the defensive secondary and linebackers had questions and positions to fill. So you didn't see me saying, Oh, well, we got. Deontay Anderson transferred in, we have Darian Owens transferring in, we had Nit Watkins transferring. Like I didn't just list off guys who were transferring in and had potential and said, Oh, Houston's winning AAC. Is Houston so gonna I have win? Justified the AAC? opinion. Right now I think they are. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna a couple of weeks ago I would have said UCF, but Houston's got the more impressive win
0: right now. They have the best overall team right now in the conference.
1: I can't argue that. Let's move to week three. Let's do it. Kind of quickly. Friday night, Memphis takes on Georgia State. They'll blow them out. Is there anything more to say about that? Points. No, they will not score 100. Well, they, have, they definitely bad. have. Bad. Yeah, well, Georgia State is bad, but they've got something to prove.
0: But 100? No, they're not going to score 100. Yeah, I didn't think so either. They'll scored 70 or something. Stupid.
1: Saturday. UCF versus UNC. We kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, that does is a- playing
0: at North Carolina
1: change your thought about this game? I was literally just about to ask you, does playing in North Carolina.
0: I can ask questions too.
1: No, I ask you the questions. It's all points of this show. Hey. <laughs> I wish you asked me more questions. I just saw, that. so I can vent off a little bit. But, I just saw. Well, here you go, vent away. UCF wins. I don't have anything to vent on this game. Oh, well, there—that's
0: your one chance.
1: UCF wins this game with ease. From what we saw in the past few games, what makes you think North Carolina stands a chance?
0: Especially against that offense. That's yeah. what I
1: mean. You know what I mean? Like that if, just if, threw if me if off. You can, right if, you just if you can't, if you can't, if you can't, if you can't stop ECU. Offense, and you can't score in the second half against that defense, and now you got to play UCF. Watch watch UCF lose this week, just watch.
0: Literally quick true. talk about offense. I have the a quick interjection. I have the Jets Lions game on right now. Don't ask why, it's just on. Well, it's Monday Stafford's, night, so you just watch. Stafford's two picks, 7. and Darnold threw a pick six on his first pass. And this game's awful. Where did they go to school? <laughs> uh, anywho, that was my one thing. It's just an awful game. I mean, it's the Jets and Lions, so I should have expected it, yeah. but whatever. Stafford's my quarterback in one league, so... But
1: yeah, he'll be dumped. Anyways, other 12 o'clock... Well, two other 12 o'clock games. One is, and this is, I guess, one... UConn taking on Rhode Island. UConn's zero two. Rhode Island two and zero. Probably won't be a line released for this game, considering the fact it's it's an FCS versus an FBS until Saturday. But can UConn actually lose this game? Because uh, I, I, think think so. I think historically Rhode Island has. I don't want to act like they're like a world beater again, but like they have a decent team. I'm hoping that Pindell, for because we had this conversation last week. He looked good, so hopefully Pindell, this is a game where he can at least get them on the board, the win column, I should say.
0: Yeah, we like will. We will see. That's obviously UConn can win, but nothing's a, nothing's a gimme with that. Team. Are they gonna
1: pull a, a ECU versus North Carolina A&T?
0: Potentially, uh, how bad their defense is. Yeah, that's the thing.
1: We'll find out. And then the other 12 o'clock game, which I will be in attendance for. That's Temple on the road against Maryland. Another noon start. Maryland is a 15-point favorite.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry you have to witness that beat down.
1: You know what's the funny part? I'm going to be in the press box. And I. it's like one of those things. I'm not sure yet which side I'm going to go to. Who am I going to get quotes from? (laughs) Whoever wins the game is probably who I'm going to get quotes from. Probably. Uh, That's who I'm going to go... I'm going to try to figure out a way to get quotes from both, but... That's probably the route I'm going to have to go. Which, As... So, these are my... I went to Temple. Maryland is... Because I live in Maryland. That's my team. From here, all my buddies are big Maryland fans, and I have now covered the Terps. This will be my second year covering the Terps, actually. But... I don't Maryland. Maryland, I honestly thought coming this year that this could be a game that Temple might be able to pull off. Considering the last time Temple played Maryland, they crushed them, legitimately crushed them. But yeah, they're not they're not going to win. They're not going to win this one. No, 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 they're not going to win this one. And Maryland has been a bigger surprise than I think a lot of people in college football. I mean, I thought with all the drama around them, they'd be god awful this year. They have played surprisingly pretty good through two games. Yeah. Ugh. Especially that win over Texas. Texas is terrible. God. <laughs> God we already talked about that. Move on. We already
0: talked about that. That's true.
1: All right. ECU plays Virginia Tech. Uh, that line's
0: We don't need to talk
1: about that one. <laughs> that line is 28. Uh, oh. uh, Virginia Tech has gone on. Roll. That that should be 48. Yeah, that, that game's already over. Tulane versus UAB, though. That should be a pretty good game.
0: Will it, though? UAB hasn't looked that great.
1: I'm not going to act like I've watched a whole lot of UAB, but I'm considering last year UAB was a solid team, I thought it would be. Oh, they just
0: lost to Coastal Carolina by, like, 26 or something oh, like that. Oh, don't count out Coastal this year, though. Whatever. Don't count out Coastal. They're trash.
1: SMU is a 35-point underdog against Michigan. That's not
0: enough. (sighs) There are so many games that are just, like, blot. That that should be 55, not 35.
1: Considering how bad SMU's defense has been.
0: And Michigan's defense is really, really good. Yeah.
1: That's a number to, I mean, 35. Can you get any higher than that? A USF 9.5 point favorite against Illinois Illinois at home
0: Hmm <laughs> No they're not They play at Soldier Field So they're at home That's in Illinois the last time I checked Well that's not a technical home game though
1: What? Why is that game being played at Soldier Field? I don't know why not Do they expect to fill it?
0: No, definitely not.
1: So then, why is it not being played at Illinois? that's what I'm. Uh, why?
0: Well, then why is this game scheduled? You know, in general. But nah, yeah, whatever. Touche.
1: Got me there. Lehigh versus Navy. Whatever. No need to talk about it. <laughs> whatever. No need to talk about it. Texas Tech at home against Houston. Texas Tech is the two-point favorite.
0: Well, they just put up seventy-seven points last week against two. I don't know. What did they score against Ole Miss though? Not that Old Miss's defense was. We're talking about twenty.
1: We're talking about a Houston team that just blew the doors off Arizona, and they're going to be. We're not, we're not acting like this is like they're not going to Arizona now either. This is still in the state of Texas. They could travel.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's at Texas Tech though, so I I get why they're favored. I just like Houston. I don't like it. And I need to look this up
1: because there's no line for this game, which is kind mm-hmm. of surprising. Why doesn't Arkansas State and Tulsa have a line? It should. It should. I agree. Why doesn't it? That's a game, though, that Arkansas State should have their way with Tulsa.
0: Yeah, so Texas should have had their way, too. Well, Texas is no good. Yeah, Arkansas State's offense is pretty explosive.
1: Arkansas State got quite a few votes on our G5 rankings. Yeah. Tulsa we'll did see. not.
0: We'll see. Tulsa did well, not. Well, you shouldn't get votes when you're a one-on-one team. You lose to Texas, and your one win is against Central Arkansas. Well, we talked about Central Arkansas. It was a pretty solid team last week. We Yeah. <laughs> Are they better than Texas? They might be. No, they're not. Uh, not. They Maybe. No, but they're not.
1: And then the uh, the last game is Cincinnati, which should have an easy win over Alabama A and M. Did we expect Cincinnati to be three and heading in this year? No, I don't think we did. Two and one. I think even two and one would have been. Uh, I mean. Was that game against Miami, Ohio, I think, before the season started was kind of a toss-up.
0: Yeah, but I wouldn't. it wouldn't have been surprising if they were 2-1. and one. They were going to be 2-1-1 one or 1-2. One Gee, thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> you asked the question. I'm just trying to answer it. 3-0, though, no. Didn't expect that because I thought they'd lose to UCLA. Did you expect them to be all in three? No. Yeah, me neither. I, I had them at two and one. Same here, I believe.
1: And then, yeah, for this episode, I really don't have anything else to say. Other than, Temple, get it together.
0: Right? And and, right. and a reminder that ECU did better than you this week. <laughs> I'm going to make you guys up for it. I'm going to go five and this week. ECU is on a winning streak, and you're on a losing streak. Sure, Just I'm, I'm, keep that in mind. I was on
1: a losing streak already last week, all right? I went 2-3 and three last week. I am 2-8 and eight to start the season.
0: Hey, at least ECU is
1: 1-1. I am a solid...
0: Damn, 2-10. for 10. Oh, my God. That's pretty rough. That's not even a
1: good batting average. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. I was like, damn, I'm batting 200. I'll get out of that hole. Don't you worry. I got everybody out of this hole this week. I even said it last week. I was not too confident about a lot of those games last week.
0: So are we gonna switch up the? Go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say I had to pick some games. Got to pick. Got to fire away.
0: Do we switch our question to is Scotty Montgomery gonna get fired? To are you gonna get fired from against the spread?
1: No, nobody else has got the balls to put their picks out there like that.
0: I'll do it. I don't write enough.
1: Interesting. That sounds a like competition. Do it. You won't. You want to do. You want to join me for the next couple weeks? I'm already beating you in P6 pick 'em, so I don't know what you're count. talking about. P6 pick 'em don't count. We just pick teams.
0: Why? Why doesn't that count? Because that's
1: just picking them. Yeah, and that should be easier, right? It is a lot easier.
0: So you can't even handle the easy picks. Why would I? Why would I go beat you in the harder picks? How far then?
1: am I behind you in that?
0: I don't know. I should actually look at. Uh, I
1: know I picked Temple this week, and I think I was the I'm, only one to pick Temple.
0: I'm gonna look at the. Uh, I might, maybe I'll add uh, against the spread records too. Nah, don't Just, do that. Why? Because you're afraid you're gonna be losing in that too?
1: Nah, I'll be winning in that. going will embarrass you guys in that.
0: I'm not worried with that two and ten record you're currently boasting.
1: By the end of the year, it'll be 30 and 10. Don't you worry about it.
0: Ooh, that would be great.
1: 30 and 10. Yeah, that would be epic.
0: <laughs> we all picked North Carolina. to would be easy. Yeah, I know we
1: did that. And I think I was the only one to pick Temple to beat Buffalo. So that's why I'm like 99.9% sure I'm in the back again for this one.
0: Yeah, you are. You're one game worse than me because we picked all the games the same except for that game. Hmm.
1: Note to self: Don't pick the same, as Joe.
0: Not that I'm going to pick against Memphis or Houston this year, so you might get some games there.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm picking against them the rest of the way either, but we'll see what happens. We will see. On that note, I guess it's a perfect way to end the latest episode of the Underdog Podcast. Again, if you're not following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, whatever all that social media stuff is, make sure you are. Joe, where do they find you on the Twittergram?
0: Add Joe Roback. You should just have that that written down all the time now.
1: I know that's where I find you. I'm trying to let the people know where they find you.
0: Find him at Serp, and then he'll just tell you wherever I am. There you go. See, he did it all for me. See,
1: this is why okay. sometimes, you you know, you can be a host every now and then.
0: Yeah. You know, I'll be like the, it's like I'm a minority owner sort of thing of the podcast.
1: I don't even want to go that far. It goes 50-50. That's for sure. This is a 50-50 deal here. Or, or at this point, since we're only doing two pods, two pods right now, I guess 25 and 25. For the podcast. We got the American part down. Touche. But again, thanks again for joining us. Appreciate everybody listening to the Underdog Podcast. And I'm still going to end the show the same way as last week. Scotty Montgomery going to still have a job after
0: this week? More than you.